We are in this series called I Am the Heart. Are you the heart? The idea behind this series is that we're discussing together as a family what it is that we believe and what it is that we do and who we are. And so if you, maybe you're new, if you're new, by the way, thank you so much for joining us. Please do come back another time. <laughs> That'll make more sense later. Um. <laughs> if you're new who we are as a people after God's own heart. Like we actually want to, we want to know God's heart. We want to pursue his heart. We don't want to just play religion. And so what we want to do is we want to help people know God, really, truly know God. And by the way, you could, you could do church and not really know God. I did it for 17 years. But we want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom. And there is freedom in the room tonight. We want to help people discover their God-given purpose. And we want to help people make a difference. And so my assignment tonight as the last sermon in this series is to discuss making a difference. And so normally I would have you open to Ephesians chapter 2 starting in verse 10. Normally, if this is the subject that's assigned to me, it'd be pretty easy. Normally it'd be like a softball just out of the park because normally... I would just have so much fun preaching about Ephesians 2.10. In fact, I will read it for you, even though I'm not going to preach on it tonight. Normally I would, but I'm not going to tonight. But this is what I would normally preach if I was going to preach on it tonight. Ephesians 2.10 says this after Paul goes on and on and on about all of these things that God has already accomplished for us. The fact that he's forgiven us, loved us, saved us, predestined us, raised us up, seated us with Christ in the heavenly places. All of these things are already done. Even though we are dead in our transgressions and sins, he raised us up and he seated us with Christ in the heavenly places. He goes on to say this, and this is what I would normally preach if I was going to preach about making a difference. I might tell you that we are his workmanship. I might just tell you that you are God's masterpiece. That's what I would normally preach. I might finish the verse to tell you that you were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. By the way, a few verses before this, it says, it is by grace that we're saved through faith, not by works. Listen, not by works so that none of us can boast. You see, we're not saved by works. We can't earn it at all. But because we're saved by grace, his spirit comes and fills us. Now we have the ability to respond to him by doing good works. Now watch this. Those good works that we get to do, he prepared beforehand, even before we were created, that we would walk in them. Now, I didn't come here really tonight to preach about that, but I normally would have. I normally would have used this visual aid to show you <laughs> that, uh, that that word there in Ephesians 2.10 where it says, we are God's workmanship, that word is actually the Greek word poema. That's it right there, poema. Anybody guess what our English word is that we get from that? Poem. Isn't that beautiful that you 
you're God's poem. He grabbed that pen. Oh, and I wish I could read to you what he wrote about you. See, this, this poem is all about who you are, the gifts that are in you, the talents, the ability, his vision for the anointing upon your life. In fact, if I could read this poem to you, it lays out every amazing thing that he designed you to do. Now, if I was normally going to preach this sermon, what I would do is I would package up your destiny and your gifts and all the truth that God has to say about you. I'd package it up in this beautiful envelope and I would just give it to you. That's what I would normally do. But tonight's not normal. Normally, I would proclaim to you that you're a poem and a masterpiece. And that God has great plans for your life and he wants you to make a difference and he wants you not just to serve in a ministry because your arm is twisted and you have to, but he wants your soul to come alive as you pour out. Because that's how he designed it. That we would actually come alive when we're serving God and humanity in the way that he designed us to. Normally, I just would, oh, just try and give that to you. But this is not normal. I felt like the Lord said this. They don't just need more teaching to help them academically understand. Nor do they merely need a flash of excitement to light a flickering wick of emotionalism. Nor do they simply need to be provoked through passionate preaching to march forward. Today is not about understanding more in your mind. It's not about emotional motivation. And it's not about a preaching charge. I felt like the Lord said, I want you to help them deal with what is holding them back. You see, normally I would proclaim to you that you are a poem, a masterpiece, and you are. But I realized, both from scripture, from what I see in society, and from what I've felt in my own flesh, that there is one specific thing that is gonna wrap up your poem. And it is either going to propel you into everything that God has for you, or it's going to hinder you and stop you from ever accomplishing it. See, there is one thing that might look like one thing, but it's actually two very, very different things. And this is what it is. I came here tonight to ask you, what kind of fear do you have? Because the fact is that your letter and your poem and the design of your life is worth countless billions upon billions of dollars. 
It's worth more than you can imagine. God has put so much in you and I could try and motivate you. I could try and teach you and tell you about it and I could stir you up. But the reality is, is even though God has done all of this in you and for you, if you have the wrong kind of fear, you will never fulfill what God has called you to. And there are two kinds of fear. And one of them, we're gonna invite to come tonight and one of them we're gonna to command to leave tonight. There are two kinds of fear and you cannot embrace both of them. I came here tonight to speak about the fear of the Lord and the spirit of fear. One is godly and one is evil. One is gonna wrap up your poem and propel you into the God-given destiny that he designed you for. And one of them is gonna get you to shut up, sit down, be quiet, and not do anything with the gifts that are actually inside of you. And so today, I say no spirit, but the Holy Spirit is allowed in this room. In fact, I'll just tell you right now, I was going to save this for the end, but I felt like the Lord said, I'm sending you to inflict violence upon the kingdom of darkness. Violence. Jesus talks about violence. He says that ever since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom has been advancing in violence and the violent take it by force. And if you haven't recognized it, the evil one and the powers of darkness have been trying to take your life by force and I'm ready for it to be done. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to have your way in this room tonight, whatever you wanna do, however you wanna do it. This room is yours. This microphone is yours. This stage is yours. This property is yours. Every kid's classroom is yours. And Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would speak to every heart that we say in Jesus' name, no spirit, but the Holy Spirit is allowed in this room tonight, in our lives tonight, in our family, in our households. Let your kingdom come and your will be done tonight in Jesus' name. Now you might be wondering, what is the spirit of fear? Well, let me describe it for you simply. It could be a whole series. It could be a whole semester. But if there is any degree of fear that is trying to get you to not do any or all of what God has called you to do, that is not from the Lord. You might sometimes feel fear. You might oftentimes feel fear. You might feel like there's fear that's attacking you. Some of you might even feel like there's a degree of fear that's oppressing you. And there may be some people in this room that if you look past and think past your mind and your flesh and look into your spirit, you might actually recognize that you're being oppressed by a spirit of fear. Well, I'm here to tell you, I don't care what, where you're at on the spectrum, all of it has to go in the name of Jesus. Romans 8 says this, so then brothers, we are debtors. In other words, we owe something, but what? watch this, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. 
But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So first thing I need you to hear, friend, and I'm speaking to the believer in the room tonight. If you don't know Jesus, this actually is not true for you. If you don't know Jesus, you can come to know him tonight. You could be born again, and this will be true for you. But if you are not born again, you are actually a slave to sin. I know that that's offensive to your flesh, but I have to tell you, because I'm a preacher of truth, that is true. You are a slave, and you're in bondage to sin, but you could be set free tonight by being born again. Now, I'm speaking to the believers in the room tonight. If you are believer and you have the Holy Spirit, you are not a slave to sin. There is no temptation that you face that is too great. God will always provide a way out. That's what the word tells us. And that is truth. And so if you think you owe your flesh anything, you don't. You are not a debtor to the flesh. You don't owe Hollywood anything. You don't owe the politicians anything. You don't owe what society is telling you. You need to obey this and this, and you need to keep your mouth shut because that's not politically correct. You don't owe them anything. I don't care what Joe Biden tells you you could say or not say. I don't care what the governor says that you could do or not do. If it's against the word of God, you do not need to follow it. Watch, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Question, are you led by the Spirit of God? In other words, if I want to ask myself, am I a son of God? Check some fruit. Am I led by the Spirit of God? Listen, for God uh, for, for you did not receive, verse 15, Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into sin, no. To fall back into temptation, no. To fall back into the ways of the world, no. What does it say? To fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of of adoption. Adoption as sons, sons and daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There is a spirit of fear, and you, God did not give it to you. He has not given you a spirit of fear, a spirit of slavery, a spirit of shame and condemnation. The first verse of this chapter says, there's no, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you need to ask yourself, am I being afflicted? Am I being uh, oppressed? Am I, am I, is there any fear that is stopping me from doing, saying, or being all that God has for me? Any level of it. 2 Timothy 1.7 for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control, or a sound mind. For we have the mind of Christ. There are two kinds of fear that you can embrace in your life. Now watch this. What's on the inside of this envelope is everything that's true. 
You are blessed, you are saved, you are forgiven, you are redeemed, you are predestined, you are seated with Christ right now in the heavenly places. You have gifts, skills, abilities, and anointing from God to do good works that he what? Prepared in advance that you should walk in them. So did God design you to make a difference? Yes, but if you let the spirit of fear hold all of that on the inside and never come out of you, the gifts that are actually in you won't make any difference to the world around you. And so we must reject and be free from the spirit of evil fear, the spirit of man. I mean, the, the, the fear of man. Any fear that's not from God. But there is a good kind of fear. It's called the fear of the Lord. I will read you one of many, many, many passages. Psalm 86 says this, for you are great and you do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I might walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. In other words, God, would you give me an undivided heart? An undivided heart. In other words, God, if, if my heart is 100%, I don't want you to just have 99%. I don't want you to have 75%. God, I want you to have 100% of my heart that I might fear you. Because friend, if you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else. But if you embrace the fear of the world and the fear of man and the spirit of fear from the devil, you cannot fear God. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. What is the fear of the Lord? Is it like we're supposed to be like scared of him? No, although we probably should be but we don't have to be because he's good. He's loving. He's gracious. He is for you and not against you. What the fear of the Lord is, of the Lord is, is, is a sober view of the holiness of God and a sober view of who we are and having those two things in the right perspective and living in honor and reverence of who he is. That's what the fear of the Lord is. So what does the fear of the Lord do for us? I'm gonna breeze through these. If you want my notes, email me, I'll send them to you. Number one, the fear of the Lord gives us wisdom and knowledge, Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Number two, the fear of the Lord is the propulsion towards turning from evil. If you're wondering how do I overcome this sin in my life and evil in my life, you need the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 3, 7, do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. In fact, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Need I explain more? Number four, the fear of the Lord actually prolongs your life. Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life. It's amazing when a preacher doesn't need to add commentary. It's just right there but the years of the wicked will be short. And the fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. <laughs> and one may turn away. <laughs> the one. 
that one may turn away from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord is rest and life. Proverbs 19, 23. The fear of the Lord leads, leads to life and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. The fear of the Lord um, and humility leads to riches. Hello. Proverbs 22, 4. The reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Now you're listening. The fear of the Lord leads to humility, which leads to honor. Proverbs 15, The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. The fear of the Lord causes strong confidence. If you have found that you have lost your confidence and your voice has been quieted, especially since 2020, it may be because a fear other than the fear of the Lord has taken root in your life. And tonight, that can end. The fear of the Lord causes strong confidence. Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children have a refuge. Some of us are held back from making a difference, not because we don't have the gifts and the call of God upon our life, but because we have allowed fear to stop us. Some of us have allowed fear to stop us from embracing our true and full identity as sons and daughters of God. Some of us have allowed fear to stop us from trusting God for the future, from trusting God for our relationship status. Listen, I'm gonna start going through some things and I'm inviting, this is, what, this is also what the Lord told me. He said, don't look at their faces. Look past their faces because what I, what I bet is that some of your flesh is not gonna like this message. He said, don't look at their faces, speak to their spirit. So I'm speaking to your spirit right now. God wants your spirit to be absolutely free, alive, passionate, and on fire for him. Some of us, fear has stopped us from trusting God for our future. For some of us, fear has stopped us from trusting God for our relationship status. Fear has stopped us from trusting God in our marriages, our friendships, and for some of us, fear is stopping us from trusting God with our kids. For some of us, fear has stopped us from being generous with our finances. What if I don't have enough? That's fear. For some of us, fear has stopped us from sharing our faith in Jesus to the sheep that God has given you to shepherd over. I was in the SeaTac airport last two weeks ago. And me and my friend Bobby, we were eating at this restaurant that was kind of like up on this balcony. 
And if you've ever been to SeaTac Airport, right in the middle of it, there's this big lobby. There's probably four or 500 people in the lobby. And we were up on this balcony, like this mezzanine. And it was just like kind of open to the lobby. And I sort of made a joke saying, oh man, that looks like a really good pulpit right there. And Bobby goes, oh, you're going to preach? And then our flight was canceled, so we had like five hours of sitting there. And I physically felt fear on my body. I felt it. And I just knew. Because, listen, I don't, I don't really, like, get super nervous preaching here anymore. Now, when I first started preaching, it was like diarrhea before every sermon. I'm just being honest. Just being honest. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Like, sick. Like, God, if you don't show up, like, I'm going to melt. Like, nothing. Like, Lord, I need you. But I haven't felt that in a little while. And I I started feeling not just nervous to share the gospel with the heathens that live in Seattle. There's heathens everywhere, don't worry. North Idaho too. They're just a particular brand of heathen in Seattle. But I wasn't just feeling nervous. I was physically feeling fear and I knew I had to do it. And I'm only telling you this because I'm, I am not bragging because honestly, I'm ashamed at when I stood up to that balcony I, I couldn't talk for like a minute because I felt it. And I just realized I had to punch fear in the face and I had to open my mouth and I had to decide, I don't care if anybody listens to what I say. I actually don't even think it's the best form of evangelism. I really don't. Just yelling at people in a crowd. It's not the best. I had to do it for me. And I guess the reason I'm telling you that is because I I really believe that every one of us has our own balcony moment. It might not be preaching at SeaTac. It might be something else that if I I looked at it, I'd be like, oh, that's a small thing. But for you, it's a big thing. It's not about comparing. It's about the fact, are we willing to step over the line and past our fear, whatever it is that's trying to stop us in our life. For you, it might just be, you're scared to speak just to your neighbor next to you. I'm just telling you, put yourself in the poopy place and step... Step out. Get yourself some diarrhea. When's the last time you were so nervous, you thought to yourself, unless God does something, I'm, I'm going to fail. Friend, I just feel it. Society is just trying to shut us up. Ever since 2020, fear has come upon the church. Fear is telling you, you can't speak about truth. You can't speak about gender. You can't speak about identity. You can't speak about the gospel. Everybody's allowed to have their own truth, but the Christians. We have the truth. We have to open our mouth and we have to deliver it to people. And no, I got zero claps in Seattle. I thought I'd get at least one or two. I got zero. I came down the stairs. Some dude that was over there came running up. I don't know why he came up to us. He couldn't run up to anybody. He goes, hey, did you guys hear what happened? He talked to me. And I was like, and I go, I go, yeah, this guy up there is preaching about Jesus. He goes, oh, I'm from California. I thought it was gonna be something cool. <laughs> and he walks away. I go, brother, it was cool. Anyway, 
The seeds were planted. It really wasn't for them. It was for me. Can I get the worship team? <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit, come. Friends, you will be governed by one kind of fear or the other. You might be here in the room today thinking, I don't deal with fear, Craig. Hallelujah. For the next 20 minutes, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost and do battle in the Spirit for anybody else in this room that does. Because if you don't have fear, praise God. Praise God. If I'm not speaking to you, I'm not speaking to you. But if I am, God wants to set you free. You can either embrace evil, worldly, demonic spirit of fear, or you can rest in the fear of the Lord. You can't have it both ways. You will be ruled by one kind of fear or the other, and you will be ruled by one kind of spirit or the other. I came here tonight to say no fear but the fear of the Lord and no spirit but the Holy Spirit. I'm speaking to your spirit right now. How do you know? Are you disinterested in obeying the things of God? Are you afraid to lift your voice? Have you tried to overcome but you feel trapped? Do you feel like there's a physical hindrance upon your life? A mental block? God wants freedom for you. He wants you to know your identity and your purpose. And he wants you to make a difference. And he wants anything that is not of him and that is stopping that from happening to be gone from your life. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. For we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Where's, where's the rest of my team at? <laughs> Seth, where's the rest of my team at? They're coming. Come. <laughs> come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, worship team. If you want it, there's freedom for you. If you need it, there's freedom for you. In a moment, I am going to ask you to run to this altar. And now what I know is right now, cement boots are being put on your feet. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, there may be another spirit that right now is putting cement boots on your feet. 
But the first step in breaking that fear is punching it right in the face, deciding no matter what I feel in my flesh, I'm gonna move. The second step is renouncing any agreement that you have made with a lie of the enemy. Renouncing any agreement that you have made with embracing, actively embracing sin in your life. I'm not talking about stumbling. I'm not talking about a spirit-filled person stumbling and falling. I'm talking about a Christian actively embracing sin. You must renounce it. And so I'm gonna ask you in a moment to run for it. I'm gonna ask you with everything that's in you to renounce anything that God highlights to you. And then I'm gonna ask you to repent. And then we're gonna watch the Holy Ghost come and set you free. Holy Spirit, come. Fear, go. Holy Spirit, come. Fear, go. Fear, go. Holy Spirit, do what you need to do right now in every heart. Thank you, God. If you are being affected by fear, if you are being afflicted by fear, if you are being tormented by fear, if you are being uh, oppressed by fear, any degree, and you know that you need to be free from something, I want you to run forward right now. Come forward right now. Come forward right now. God is beginning to break fear off of you right now. Come on. Come Holy Spirit. We invite you Holy Spirit for ministry. Every person walking forward that you would come and burn up anything that's in their life that does not belong to you. Come on, if you're not coming forward and you're filled with the Spirit, I want you to start praying right now. I want you to start worshiping and inviting the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, I want you to stand to your feet actually. Start praying for these ones up here because this is not just a matter of the mind. This is not just a matter of the flesh. This is a matter of spiritual battle. And we're going to war tonight and we're inflicting violence against the kingdom of darkness and the Holy Spirit is going to come tonight and do what only the Holy Spirit can do. Come on, let's begin to sing. Fear go. Come on, let's invite the Holy Spirit. Just invite the Spirit to come in and command fear to go.
I just want you to lift your own voice in prayer right now. If you're responding to this altar call, just begin to confess to the Holy Spirit anything that He's highlighting to you. Confession is coming into an agreement with what He's saying to you. Hey, I recognize that you're saying that. I agree with you. It's the beginning of repentance. If He's highlighting something to you, maybe it's a sin, maybe it's maybe it's something that you've given yourself, maybe it's a lie that you believed, I want you to begin to confess to Him that you recognize what He's highlighting. You recognize the ministry of the Holy Spirit spirit what he's speaking to you and any lie that you believed any action that you've given yourself to that you know that you need to renounce I want you to begin to pray that out loud say I renounce uh, coming into an agreement with this lie I renounce coming into an agreement with this sin and then just begin to repent I want my altar team to come up and just begin to to lay your hands on folks and begin praying for them thank you Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and each person that is praying and responding that you would come and do what only you could do in their heart. And Heavenly Father, I ask that you would give us a holy fear of the Lord, that you would teach us what it is to fear you, that you would teach us what it is to truly stand in reverence of you, that you would teach us what it is to stand in awe of you. We say, God, let your name be made holy in my life. Let your name be made holy and revered in this church. Let your name be made holy in my family and in this city and in this nation once again, God. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Give us the fear of the Lord. We need the fear of the Lord. unclean spirit that does not belong to God you must leave now up and out right now in Jesus name you must leave this place we say no spirit but the Holy Spirit come on begin to sing that and just invite him